0: You're listening to the Esoterics Podcast, hosted by Joe Figueres and Fiora Lise Renko.
1: welcome back welcome back to the show how are you today joe i'm good i'm really um looking forward to the week the weather has changed here we're going to be in the 70s consistently so that's really nice because typically it takes you know until fucking july for it to get really nice here in the Mm -hmm. pdx um on the regular so yeah
0: yeah uh We're in the high 80s, which means the fucking mosquitoes are back. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, I just went to the store because I went to a campfire, I guess, Uh you know, bonfire Uh on Saturday. So I'm like, I got to have some bug spray. Yep. Little tiny, little tiny dry off. Nine, nine (laughs) ninety (laughs) nine. these prices for stuff they're now these companies are just unabashedly raising them like three or four dollars and they're like what are you going to fucking do? Right,
0: right and um, I call bullshit because there are certain things that haven't changed prices and then there are things that have and I'm just like "Hmm, how does that work exactly? How does that work? Why is toilet
1: paper now so expensive post-COVID when it wasn't before?
0: Yeah, Uh, And they give you less too. That's the other, that's the thing that made me mad. It's like, it's one thing if you're going to raise the prices and keep the thing the same. Cause I go, okay. Like I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Maybe you're paying your employees more, right? So uh, we're spreading the cost or whatever. That makes sense. But if you're simultaneously increasing the prices and making the packaging smaller, I'm looking at you, OxyClean. (laughs) I, you know, I'm not, I'm not on board with that. Like that's bullshit. And and toilet paper rolls, they just infuse more air
1: into them so that they're not as tightly rolled, right? They're the same size, but not as tightly rolled, so you get less, less ply. And um, the other thing is, I don't remember how much were eggs before because now they're like three and four bucks a yeah. dozen, but I don't remember
0: what they were before. I think that's how much they were. They sure, were like four. really. I think they were like. $3.99. I'll, Sometimes you can get them on sale for like $2.99. Girl, I'll tell you right
1: now, I never paid four dollars for eggs because I am aware of nonsense prices and I'm that person who's <laughs> like, I refuse.
0: See, I'm the type of person where I would go to the grocery store and I would never look at prices. Uh, I just I just wouldn't. Just like I'm just I'm I'm here for food. It's fucking right. food. Like I'm just here to shop. I'm not here to do price comparisons or whatever. Right. Um, but It has increased to the point where I'm like, wow, yeah, this this trip used to be about 30 to 40 percent less than it it used to be.
1: Got to tell you guys my story. So I'm in the the beer slash wine department. I'm getting ready to pick up a bottle to go over to some friend's house. We're going to sit around campfire and, you know, a fire pit in their backyard and just shoot the shit. It was really fun, actually. So there I am in the store. And there's two super hot guys. See, I told you I'm on this hot guy, this West Coast, those fuckers with their flat billed hats. I don't know <laughs> what it is. So anyway, I'm in the, I'm trying to find, you know, like a beer or something. And there's these two super hot guys. And I'm like, hi. You know, I didn't say anything, but I was mm-hmm. like, you know, my my energy was all, oh hey, what's up? Mm-hmm. So then I'm like. I'm just going to take this bottle here of Ménage à Trois wine. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) And this will be the bottle that I'm going to take to the checkout. So I was subconsciously sending them the energy. (laughs) It's like. Joanna, you're such a dumbass. I mean, it was—I laughed at myself. It was funny, but yeah, um, yeah. But when it comes to something like that, I would—I—I I would chicken out, though. <laughs> menage, <of> what? <laughs> no, I'm
0: a chicken. I was just kidding. I was just joking. I'm just kidding, dude. I don't—I don't envy like my single friends because I just came upon this fucking post about blind date robberies and how to be safe. So that you don't get robbed by your date, and it was like meet at a police station. What are they? Are they robbing them at gunpoint or something? I don't, I don't know what the origin is exactly, but I'm just like, imagine that. Like, you know, it's already shitty that you have to go and like meet a new person and run this high risk of like having zero chemistry with this person, and on top of that. He might rob you, <laughs> like it's, it's he rob you of your time and your purse. Like that's real shitty. That's you tough. know, it's it's so interesting too because um, all of
1: you, you know, married, lovely humans, are like, man, I wouldn't want to be single for anything in this particular in this climate. economy. And <laughs> yeah, this economy, this you know, energy, this you know, climate, all yeah. that sort of stuff. Um, and I will tell you that. It's, you know, obviously it's not easy because I belong to this group. I forget what it's called, but it's one of those stupid Facebook groups, right? That are kind of funny. Uh-huh. And they're um, women who post, or, and men too, will post um, pics or screenshots of, you know, assholes on mm-hmm. things like Match.com and Facebook yes. dating and, yes. you know, just have asshole profiles and, you know, people will laugh and laugh at them. And um, so that is amusing. But here's the thing that we're, that I take solace in. Yes. I still have yet to have that first glance, the first meeting, the first kiss, the first sexual, you know, making love, the first um, everything. Mm -hmm. I still get to have that. And so I think that, you know as relationships, obviously they mature, they Mm -hmm. also grow in intimacy. So, you know, you have, you know, that quiet peacefulness between the two of you when you're just sitting, right. There's that Mm -hmm. comfort, that, that connection, that, that's your person, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and I'll get there eventually. But right now I get to have all those amazing firsts. Yes. Yeah.
0: That's what, that's what I'm like yeah but and that's the yeah. beautiful energy to be in i think when you're looking to attract that instead yeah. of being like in fear of like yeah. oh i'm i'm lonely like i really need yeah. someone or whatever like no of mm-hmm. like i'm gonna get to have this really beautiful oh. thing and these awesome yes. experiences and get to know someone and and learn about them and mm-hmm. and the the beautiful part that that is as well mm-hmm. yeah The the actual being able to create intimacy
1: through connection with somebody, Mm -hmm. um, you know, in the butterflies and, you know, all of that stuff. Yes. You know, I've never been that person though who worries about it. I I trust my spirit my spirit guides. I trust yeah. my spiritual path. I also trust myself, and I think that that's the hard part because I've had my heart broken twice, and the second time was fucking devastating. This was with somebody that I, you know, lived with and mm-hmm. you know had every intention of you know com- continuing this relationship, and then you know um, the you know it was all pulled out from under me, and so that's when we start doubting ourselves. Well, do I have the capabilities? of picking the right people. And so mm. that's when I said, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done dating. I'm done having, you know, sex. I'm done doing all of the things until I find out why, or I figure out why I keep attracting douchebags. Yeah, Why do I keep finding myself in, you know, connected to these, these unavailable, you know, red flag, you know, buttholes. Um, and so that's what I've spent the last very very long time doing. And so now I just think I'm at a place where I trust myself yeah. to be able to pick because it's also yeah. reflected in the people that I allow into my life now as friendships. Yeah, there just as people, friends. Mm-hmm. Yes, there are people that I really really like. They're good, solid humans, but they've disappointed me, or or they're just not people that I'm willing to invest my time in or give energy to. Yeah. And so I have every confidence in myself that I'll be able to do that yeah um yeah. with
0: a partner I, yeah that's beautiful i i love that and i feel like more people can learn that when you're worried about attracting the same person or being attracted to the same types of people it's that questioning of well am i the same person you know that i was like years ago when i attracted that that person in the first place and if you're not then you can you know be like how where you are in that confidence of like that's not who i am anymore there's no way like i'm going to attract that person anymore i won't even be attracted to him anymore because it's not who i am it's not where i'm at and and that's that's huge like i and i hope you give yourself a lot of credit for that because that's it's it's a lot that's a lot of work Thank you.
1: I do. So here's the thing. So I got this book, um, and it's called learning to love yourself, finding yourself worth. And this getting this book is a result of this last eclipse Mm -hmm. season that we just went through. And that was the whole point of eclipse. This Mm -hmm. eclipse season was to bring to the surface that Scorpio stuff, right around love and intimacy. But also I believe the other one was in Aries, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was, you know, just to bring, to the surface, the fight, like that, the final stuff, the stuff that really keeps you embroiled in your spirit that you just don't, you just don't see at work. Aww. So I'm like, Oh, I need to look at self-worth. What do I believe that I'm worthy of attracting and all that stuff? So I got this book, Learning to Love Yourself by Sharon Wegschneider Schneider Cruz. That's a weird name mm-hmm. or a, it's, it's a, it's a weird name to pronounce. Sorry, Sharon. Um, and what made me go, yes, I'm on the right track, was the fact that first off I was drawn to this book um, from Spirit. So thank you, Spirit Guides. But there's a list of things that tell you where you're unhealed. Oh, and okay. honestly, they were like, you know, you when you're unhealed, you are this. These are your traits or your mm-hmm. tendencies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I had like one of them and I was like, God damn. Because when I started this journey back in 2014, I think it was, 20, mm-hmm. 2013, 20, 2012, um, I had every single one of them. And I was like, look at what I have done. Yeah. yeah, Look where I'm not giving myself credit. Look where I'm so obsessed about the lack of this person in my life that that's all I focus on. I- I'm not doing that anymore. I'm fucking done. I'm done yeah. doing that. Yeah.
0: I was listening to this guy talking about how the the patriarchy affects men in the way of how they can't even admit that they've made the wrong choices or that they're not acting in a certain way. And this falls back on this idea that men use women for character development. Hmm. He made a really, really strong point. So like, and it, and because I see, I see this all the time. Like I see this repeatedly. I'll see a guy who is in a relationship for a long time, sometimes married, so he'll get divorced, but at some point, obviously, they break up, right? And then it's, like, immediately after, immediately after, he's in a relationship again. And right. sometimes they overlap, right? Like, yeah. they, right? That happens as well. But regardless of whether or not there's overlap, they're they're very quick, like, just right after. And it's almost like, I I thought it was, like, are you afraid of being alone? Right. But with what this guy was saying was, there's, there's way more to it. So the example he was giving of uh, a guy who gets like nagged quote unquote by his wife. And she tells him like, you don't clean up after yourself correctly. Like how, how is How hard is it for you to put your freaking dirty clothes in the dirty clothes basket? And she tells him every day, every time, all the time, or he doesn't help enough with whatever. He doesn't do the dishes enough and he ignores her. Doesn't never makes any changes. But then the moment she is fed up and she's like, you know what? I'm done. Like, I'm done, like pulling all, you know, doing all the work, pulling all this weight. I'm done with you. Get out. He goes and he finds someone else. And then for this woman, now he picks up the clothes and he puts them in the bath. Now he'll do the dishes because he never has to admit that he was wrong. Hmm. He just goes on and he does the the he does the thing that needs to be done in order for him to keep a partner, to, to be part of a true partnership, to be a better person. But he never has to admit that he changed, that he evolved, that he bettered himself. And that's like an effect of the patriarchy.
1: That's an effect of the patriarchy. That's big. And that's what the problem is. And that's why. You know, um, right now the focus is on, you know, men being really all of the woes that affect our our world, but also really just because they're not being given the space, um, you know, to be able to explore that mm-hmm. in, a, in a way that doesn't emasculate them, right? Look, I want my man to be masculine. I want him to be confident and assertive and cocky and, you know, I'm a Capricorn and I, I want all that. Um, but I also want him to be vulnerable and in all of those things with me as, you know, his you yeah. know significant other that he doesn't have to be with the rest of the people. But when I just think that when you have that one person that you can really be your true self with, yes, then you eliminate the need to project any other bullshit out into the world because you have that safe space to yes. process it at home. So yes. it really it does come down to partnership, but women we are natural nurturers we are not here to fucking heal you men. yeah we are here to partner with you uh-huh. to uh-huh. you know um build lives together and it's not their fault or men's fault if they're not being given the space but it is their responsibility to figure it out and find yes. a, safe space, a safe space that's that's mm-hmm. your responsibility and if you don't yeah if you don't own up to your responsibilities I don't to tell you you're going to keep fucking being yeah. a vibrational match for bullshit women. Yeah, exactly. Because we are just as plentiful out there. <laughs> bullshit women as the bullshit men are.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's where um, I think that's another great point that when you're not doing the thing, right. Uh, you're not acting in the way that you would expect your partner to act. Like you're not going to attract that. You're not going to, why would you have that? Why would you, well,
1: why would you get you're something a, better than where right. you're at?
0: You're not no. a vibrational
1: match. So a really good example is that um, when I first got to Portland, um, I um, met someone, lovely, 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 lovely man, super cool guy, kind hearted, Mm -hmm. but we were not a vibrational match Yeah, um, because I would have eaten him up and chewed him up and spit him out over (laughs) every single little thing. Like I'm just too strong a personality and Mm -hmm. it's not that I'm being overbearing or assertive. I'm just a very strong person you know decisive personality and you know what you
0: yeah and you know what you like you know what you want you know what you expect
1: a hundred percent yeah so that's that's a part of vibration but he also hadn't done any of the work none of the work from his his divorce and so it's like yeah you you gotta do the work so Mm -hmm. you know um that's the important part. And so when I was also flipping through the book, I've just started it. I'm only like on the second or third chapter. um, I was also, I realized that now that I am this person and I have these traits and Mm -hmm. I've healed my stuff, I am now a perfect vibrational match for somebody else who has done the work to my my level again. So no more... So the only people that I will actually be attracted to or the the, the mm-hmm. only men that I will be, well, no people, not just men, but people are mm-hmm. people that are also at that level and yep. that's good. It means I've upleveled myself and my
0: expectations and yes. you know, all that stuff. So, yes. So I'm working on that on the friendship side and this is not a sponsored thing. I, I uh, got on this app, it's called the peanut app and mm-hmm. it's to connect Mom friends, like to get mom friends, which I don't really care about the mom part. <laughs> like, it right. doesn't matter to me because I, I even put it on my profile. I'm like, I have my kids are not that little. And so I'm not trying to make friends for my kids and I'm not trying. So I don't care if our, if our kids ages match or not. Do, it really just, you, doesn't I mean, matter. Can you imagine taking all of them and being like, do you guys have play dates? They'll be like, are you, how do you, <laughs> like, <play are> you <laughs> no, yeah, I know. <laughs> going to be like, I'm not, I'm not Absolutely. Leaving. Yeah. No, I'm absolutely in the middle of a not. Game. Yeah, exactly. No, absolutely not. No, none, none of them would have it. So I'm like, <laughs> look, uh, it, we just happen to be moms. Like that's all we need to have in common. And then we can, let's let's work out the rest of the commonalities but dude so it's interesting because it's kind of like friendship dating right because yes. you're reading people's profiles and you're like swiping up or down or whatever let's be friends and i've never been i've never been on a dating app because i've you know i by the time i started dating mike I don't even think dating apps were really around. I think like match.com came out maybe like a year or two after. So yeah, I've never been on like any dating apps with, so this is like the closest I'll get, which I think is hilarious because mm-hmm. I'm like looking through these profiles and I'm like, Oh my God, my, like my judgmental like thing starts popping in. <laughs> And not in a like generally it's good. Generally it's all good. But there's one on there. There's one woman on there. She she was like, I first I saw her and I was like, Oh, she seems like kind of cool. Just like by appearance. But then I started reading her thing and she's like, I'm a conservative and I will vote Trump again for 2024. And I was like, bitch fucking swipe down like absolutely not i will not be friends with somebody like that what the hell is wrong with you why would you put that on your profile like you're not even giving yourself a chance <laughs> no they do now imagine if you were trying to find a date to a romantic
1: partner and they're all fucking yetis like that right like that's why i'm like i'm not doing i'm not doing that i'm not doing no. online my profiles all right anyway so so Tell me more. Cause this is, (laughs)
0: this is fascinating. So I put it up there. Like, you know, I, I have various interests. Like I, I do not make like one interest, my entire personality. So let's just talk, like, let's see what, what are you about? So I've met a couple, I've met a couple of women. I haven't met any of them. We haven't met up with any of them. But then once I got it, this is the interesting part. Once you get on this like vibration, right, of like I'm trying to find local mom friends. Then I found someone through Instagram. Like we just started. I don't remember. I shared something. I shared like a meme about like people that don't text you back or something. Mm -hmm. And um, oh, how like I don't have time for people like who can't make who can't make plans. Mm hmm because it's one thing to always be busy but it's another thing to like not even try like right. because you can book something like I, we can book something out like a month from now like if that's yeah. when you're free that's when you're free let's just do mm-hmm. it but let's plan for it but the fact that you're like just saying like oh we're gonna do this gonna do that and then it never actually gets done like mm-hmm. that pisses mm-hmm. me off mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. anyway so um we start we start chatting and we ended up like we're like, oh, well, let's go like meet for coffee and stuff. And yeah, she lives locally and like we're, you know, similar kind of journey. And she's working through stuff like releasing religious mindset that she was raised with and stuff. So it's been really cool. But yeah, I think that's that's interesting how you get on that vibration of like, oh, I, I set the intention. I'm trying to make mom friends. And then somebody pops up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's the same here because I think you've heard about the Seattle freeze, how it's hard for people that are, that move there to make friends and community yeah. because they're so, people are so um, in, non-inclusive. Um, and the, it's similar here in Portland. Just people are just not, there have been several friends, even co-workers that I've had that mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, you know, let's go do something and then nothing. You know, it's like, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's fine, it, it, whatever. It is what it is, right? Um, but Once I started, you know, really figuring out what is it that I'm looking for, it's not really friends. I mean, it is, but it's more like community. It's more like feeling accepted or feeling included. So it's inclusivity, I guess, is what I was looking for. Um, And then I just started meeting, you know, um, people via all of my everyday activities, like doing readings for others and stuff like that, you know, having mm-hmm. coffee and, and stuff like that. So, um, you know, the, the universe is going to respond to what it is you're putting out there and yeah. what the, the, the same with your intuitive abilities, the path of least resistance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So interesting. Cool. Peanut. So maybe I'll look up, look up, look that up here and see what type of people, because it would be fun to, um, you know, get some local people and also local Portland people, listeners. Oh my God, dudes reach out to me. Um, let's go do coffee. Let's go on a a hike. Let's go to the coast for a day trip or a day meditation or something like, Yeah. yeah, I would love to expand my woo woo friend community here. Well, actually all of my friends here are woo woo because, It's Portland. (laughs) It's Portland, but that's that's how I get out into the community is through you know doing readings and stuff. Um, So I mean that makes sense, but um, it would be fun to go do Mm -hmm. things too. Yeah. Oh, so remember the last time we talked? I told you about a book by Susie Duncan called "Zeus is a Dick."
0: Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh
1: well, I am now the proud owner of a little hardcover called "Zeus is a Dick." So plan to just read little excerpts of it in future podcasts i'm not prepared now um, because i've been reading the other book but um i've i flipped through it and it's really funny like i laugh out loud constantly it's very 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 good so we'll learn about mythology and the gods and all that Uh stuff um from the perspective of zeus being a big old dick
0: ah okay very cool how was your weekend it was, it was
1: busy, but it was also really productive. Um, I had, um, I started Saturday morning, I got up and I just got this surge of energy, um, to create the guidebook and the presentation for my class on May 21st, opening and working in your Akashic records. And, um, my human design kicked in and I have just kicked ass. So it's like a 64 page document now. So if you signed up for this class, or you plan to sign up for this workshop. It's actually a workshop. It's a three hour workshop on Sunday, five 21. And then there are two follow-up 90 minute sessions that you don't have to attend if you don't want to, but I recommend that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get um, this 60 ish page workbook. Um, you get all of that or just 117 bucks. That's
0: so be sure to snag it and join me because it's going to be a fun class. Yeah. Oh, so I was talking to my sister, This weekend, we were on the subject of angel numbers or spirit guides. I don't remember. So for her, my my dad presents himself as a hummingbird for her. Um. Yay. And so he'll just, you know, show up when she's outside, and so we're sitting outside in my patio, and then the little hummingbird shows up, and he's, <laughs> <gasps> and she's the first one to see him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we we kind of get on that topic, and she's like, I see. I've been seeing a lot of. I don't remember what numbers. Like I've been seeing a lot of five five fives and something something, and. Uh, she's like, but I look them up to see what they mean. And I don't like I don't it doesn't really make sense. I'm like, well, because I don't think that angel numbers are always meant to mean exactly what you would like Google their definition to mean or whatever, because that's just one person's interpretation. I think the best way to take in the message that you might be getting or it's I actually take it as confirmation most of the time. It's what you're doing or what you're thinking or feeling in that moment. Like what are, what energy are you in? What frequency are you in in that moment? And so then what are these angel numbers just trying to reiterate to you? Like, yes, we're with you. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And angel numbers are different than numerology. A lot of times Mm -hmm. people get those two things, um, you know, um, just confused maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mixed up. Mm -hmm. Um, Numerology, each each number has a very specific energy of it. Um, And what it brings into your life. Angel numbers are 100% inspirational. And while the energy of the number is the same, mm-hmm. um, its meaning is a little bit more encouraging. Um, it's 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 meant to encourage you, you know. Yeah. And there's a ton of different sites out there for angel numbers. But, I mean, you know, um, it, like you said, you get to interpret it any way you want. But, like, when I see a 555, I'm like, you know what? things are moving things are going to be exciting and things are going to be you know fun and everything somebody else might see it be like oh my god there's change coming in my life i
0: hate change Mm, yeah. yeah 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 so yeah i think um what when i asked her that though she said she's like it's what i've been working on like creative stuff is when i see it she's and that's when I'm in, like, in that flow. And I'm like, well, that makes sense because you're in that creative flow. You're tapped into something. And so then it's like your your guides, your angels are encouraging you, like, yes, you're on the right track.
1: Yeah, she's a starseed, too. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, she's, uh, she's doing a, a workshop for her tufting. Oh, is she really? Yeah, at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. That's cool, and she's she's giving
1: it, facilitating yes. it. She's teaching others.
0: Yeah, yeah. She's oh. gonna do. Yeah, she's doing a, a rug tufting. She's doing it at Raincross. Yeah, we're gonna. It's oh, at the my. at the the
1: twenty seventh. I think. That's so cool. I hope yes. that she gets all sorts of of um, enrollments and registrations for that because um, that is really cool. Anybody can make any rug they wanted to.
0: It's yeah, it's different, and it's it, it's a different form of art. It's really cool. Yeah. There I follow a guy and I haven't seen something in a long
1: time because of algorithms. I hate the algorithms as a, on a mini tangent side note. All I see in my socials now are ads and reels. I don't see anything from my friends or the the things that I'm interested in seeing. Oh really? It's then you gotta me off. F-
0: You can follow people and set the if if you're talking about Instagram, you can Turn on the notifications, turn on notifications so that it'll tell you like you go to a, a specific person's profile and then not only do you follow them, but when you click on follow, you do. Um, I'm sorry, there's like the bell up, up on top, the, on the top right. Mm-hmm. And so then that will give you a notification and you pick whether you want a notification when they post, when they have a story, a reel or a video or if they go live. So if you just want to be notified of their posts, then just do posts. But I do that because like there's um, some like uh, like a mid-century furniture vendor that I follow in the area. And when she posts stuff like it goes fast. So I have my notifications turned on for because to make sure that like if if it's something good oh, like I so want to jump can on it.
1: See it, right? Yeah. Yes. Same with one of the people. She does rings. Uh, um. She's she's a jeweler, and mm-hmm. every single time
0: you go to her page, sold. It's like yeah, sold out. I, I want to. That's how you so, do it. You have to turn on the notifications so that you know as soon as they're posting, and then you jump on your sales. Yep. Okay, good. I'll do that. So, but the whole point of this was that I follow
1: this guy who actually makes these full size rugs, um, oh, and yeah. you know he does it with the uh, through um, the process of tufting, and he mm-hmm. does and his rugs are, it just oh my god they're 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 huge, but they're yes. gorgeous. It's like art. So yeah, it is. It's art. I, I follow any artist. Any the other day I saw a dude who put water or he put paint. In, in like this liquid, this liquid tray in mm-hmm. front of him and he made these really cool designs and then he dipped a hat in it and flipped that hat and it came up and that all that design was on the full front bill of the hat. And I was like, shut up. <laughs> artists, that's- I dig anybody that's creative. I follow chefs. I follow all those people that just create stuff and I'm like, I yeah, see. Yeah, I follow people
0: that artists. do tie dye on TikTok. i follow like the home renovation stuff because yep. i i live for a room transformation
1: sure.
0: um yeah anything anything along those lines painting diy crafts furniture refinishing or or just refurbishing like love it all of it yes so that's where i'm at create we're
1: both creatives
0: you have to have a creative
1: outlet Yep. yep.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: th- I mean, that's, that's, that's what drives me. Um, so I'm going to put this out there because I am a manifesting generator. And, um, one of the things that I do is inform people and then uh-huh. the energy turns into, um, opportunities. I want to learn how to make purses, high-end handbags, um, and incorporate my metal smithing abilities in to make um, resulting buckles and you know um, latches and clasps and whatever um, any of the metal elements of high end handbags. I've always been a Coach girl ever since I was like in my young twenties, mm-hmm. um, and I bought my first Coach. I was I haven't I haven't gone back. That's that's those are the only purses that I carry mm-hmm. or Coach, um, and it's not because of the brand name. You know, I would prefer to get one that wasn't you know three or four hundred dollars, but It's because the craftsmanship is all, like, I'll get a new coach purse, and I will just pour over the craftsmanship of this bag, turn it inside out, and look at the seams and the stitching, and uh, there's just something about them. So um, I want to start making purses, so I'm going to put that out there to the universe. Um, This is my intent, and I'd like to do this. Please, thank you. If anybody's out there and they are a purse maker and would like to collab, please call me. Call me.
0: Well, I just have a quick announcement before we get started. Um, I do have the cacao circle coming up. That is Sunday, May 21st at 6 p.m. at Raincross District in downtown Riverside.
1: Excellent. Okay, so tell me a little bit about it, like what's going to happen and what's what's going on in this cacao ceremony.
0: So with this, we all sit in a circle. I'm going to set up an altar so this is to set the intention to do some ancestral veneration, just to kind of say thank you. And also like, please be here with us. And so we'll have that set up and then we'll start with learning about cacao as a plant medicine, like it's history, why we use it, all this. And then, um, everybody will drink their cacao and then I'll take them down through, um, a guided meditation and, then we'll do some, um, I'll facilitate through doing some like auric cleansings and I'll offer people the the option to use rape if they want some extra grounding. And then after that, then we can just go around in a circle and kind of share everyone's experiences, what they felt or you know, anything they have questions on. And yeah, it'll just be a, a nice time to do some deep healing work because cacao can really facilitate some some stuff so yeah yeah oh I my god that sounds really awesome that
1: sounds fun i want to go do that all right i'll be down there oh yeah. i can't because i'm giving a class to that <laughs> <laughs> oh well <laughs> um all right well if you are not signed up for that and you're in the riverside-ish area um you guys like, go do that thing that's 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 really cool yeah we're just i wish i could a take a
0: community out here So.
1: Uh, all right. So, hey, what are we going to talk about today? What what topic do you got for us?
0: So I just kind of want to discuss decolonizing our spiritual practices. And- okay. What's that
1: mean? Tell me what that
0: means. Okay. So, well, for me, it really started with just like questioning why we do anything that's labeled like spiritual and spiritual teachings, practices, all that stuff, like just questioning it. Like, why do we do this stuff? Like, and the answer can't for me can't be, because i said so like, no. <laughs> that's Mm-mm. not good enough Mm-mm.
1: it's not gonna fly
0: yeah um so for me it's it's that and then also real so releasing that i the idea of like, organized religion or that you have to belong to some kind of labeled religion in order for any of your beliefs or practices to be valid
1: yeah or yeah okay so for me i think that that term and as i'm sitting here like Any of our ancestral, no matter what race or region or religion or Mm -hmm. creed, whatever we come from, anything that's ancestral that has sort of been taken over or pushed on by like Christianity or, you know,
0: Catholicism. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Or right saying, well, you can't do that because, you know, that's um, that's wrong. But it's wrong in your religion, Mm -hmm. not mine. Okay, good. Well, so this good. Let's get into this. This is interesting.
0: Yeah, so this for me kind of started. So when I was little, like for some reason when I was a little girl, like I was I loved Jesus. Like I I don't know like yeah, and I don't know what it was about him specifically, but I like I thought he was like the most amazing I had knew nothing about him, by the way. Like I was like four years old and I I just thought like he's amazing i don't know
1: okay well can i just say though that typically when when children have those unexplained ideologies in you know obsessions you know or just adulations, fascinations, uh-huh. fascinations uh-huh. that are grounded in what then that means in the life between life phase or in past life you actually had a really positive experience with this 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 person known as you know um yeshua jesus
0: yeah yeah. So Dude, but then cool. so this is uh, this is where things got like, kind of messed up was because once I started going to Catholic school which was for me was out uh, my first and second grade. My parents insisted on in putting me in Catholic school cuz they thought that it was going to be like better education or whatever. I don't know cuz they they figure I guess you get what you pay for. I'm... I don't I think that was the thinking. But uh yeah, that so that whole like idea of Anything related to like to Jesus in that Catholic way, I was like, I don't want anything to do with it because it was my experience in the, with the Catholic Church, and specifically like the discipline and the rules. I was like, I hate this. This is awful. I don't understand. Did they? Did they? Did they hit you or or? Wizard they didn't corporate- the, you know no they didn't M- my parents did get hit though and i heard stories of that coming up cuz both of my parents went to their their schools were run by the church mm-hmm. I-, I think that's how it kind of works in in the country but um yeah so my parents both had stories of like getting beat by rulers by the nuns and stuff but no yeah. my nuns were just mean they were just mean and <laughs> eh- <laughs> uh, they would yell why are nuns fucking mean because they don't have sex well there we go there it is right there I, I mean <laughs> too, right? <laughs> we're we're all bitter. <laughs> um, that's I mean I'm just saying that's my that's my theory. But, but wouldn't uh, you think
1: somebody that was that committed their life to love and in and, and all of those Christian fundamental ideologies of love thy neighbor, forgiveness, grace, compassion? Wouldn't you think they'd be
0: nice people? But nuns you would, you nuns would are dicks. Think. Some nuns are dicks. Dude. I'm sorry, but like Mother Teresa was like she I'm, was she, the biggest dick of them all. <laughs> like I know she did great things for like the poor yep. and and all that a and great that, humanitarian. Yes, a wonderful humanitarian. But like I don't know one to one level <laughs> with she like the other. Ass-treat. Yeah, she was so an mean. asshole. All so, right, let's talk about nuns
1: later. But yeah, I have I have... other stuff to say.
0: But yeah. that's you know, but that's part of it. So. For me, it has been like decolonizing the idea of Yeshua or Jesus and removing him from Catholicism. Like for yeah. me, for, for, for my work with him and for my uh, just to look up to him like as an ascended master at yeah. this point and rather than a symbol of Catholicism or Christianity or whatever. Yeah. and really it's been knowing that i can quote unquote believe in him without the constraints of catholicism or christianity and that's been super very deeply liberating yeah he's such a cool dude he he was the first ascended master
1: that i that i connected with and uh-huh. i never believed in him and i was like um and i remember real quick i was talking to one of my friends and we were out in the nature and everything and and mm-hmm. one of her guides came through and he came through as Um, she called him Jim and I was like okay well you know hey Jim you know and I was doing some mediumship and I was like are you fucking kidding me I was like you know your guide isn't Jim (laughs) she's like no no his name is Jim I was like um your guide is Jesus and she was just like you should have seen the look on her face it was awesome (laughs) but I was like shut up and I've been able to connect with him ever since he he always makes the joke I am Yeshua right but yeah
0: (laughs) anyway
1: that's cool i love that you had that experience
0: yeah um so that's been kind of a long time coming thing for me like that's been years like obviously since childhood and then i felt like i had to go through that bad negative experience with the catholic church in order for me to not want to do anything with it and go in a completely different direction but then even when I was like a teenager, I think I was like 12 or 12 or 13 years old. And I remember being really into like wanting to know about like witchcraft and stuff. Right. And so like, I was like into crystals and candles. Like, um, my crystal at the time was hematite. I had this hematite bracelet and it's funny because my friend, one of my friends like, would always make fun of me for it because he was like, "What kind of crystals is that?" And I'm like, "It's hematite." And then I don't know why he he was obsessed with the word hematite after that, and he would always bring it up. Anyway, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, so at that time, that's kind of what I was looking into. But I remember I bought the I bought this book. By one of the Cunningham books, and it was like living Wicca or something like that. But one of the first things in there was like, if you're if you're going to be a witch, like you have to belong to a coven. Like you have to, you have to do this and you have to do that. And I was no, like, you No, you don't. Don't tell me what to do. I don't want to do anything that you say I have to do. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell me. And what I'm not. going No, this sounds like religion all over again. Yes. I don't want this. So I, yeah, I got like a few chapters in and I was like, this is not for me either. And so then that's why I decided I wasn't going to be a witch either. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's what did it. You were but, ruined. But yeah, I just couldn't. Yeah, I just, there was too many rules. There was too many have to, Yeah, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, and now I've learned that that's obviously like Wicca is like the organized. And then there's also, you can practice witchcraft and do whatever the fuck you want. So, right, right. so f- just to straighten that out, I have, I did eventually learn that. Um, the biggest part for me and most recently has been acknowledging not just the damage the church caused like in my own family and like ancestral line, but accepting that at some point my ancestors had to adopt Catholicism for survival because otherwise they would be persecuted. Persecution of
1: 100%. And that's the root of all of colonization. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Persecution. If if I don't, then I'm going to die.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So knowing that and then trying to learn more about it. So I have an update for you on my story about my like third cousin that I met with the book. Yes. Remember? Yes, yes. Yes. So we met for coffee. Um, so we got to meet. Nice. Nice. And she got to tell me she got to tell me a lot more things about my family that I did not know. <gasps> Um there was one part cause, uh, so she's a history teacher so obviously she's g- going to be a wealth of history information as course, it is but right? there was this strange kind of story that like didn't really make sense to me that I had heard from my aunt in the story the that there they started to dig at the sacred at the sacred mountain in the village where my dad is from and that there were all these people digging and they started to pull out artifacts coming out of the mountain, but that there were these Chinese people who were there and they were they were taking the things like taking them to sell them or just, but they were there to take and taking them. And so I asked her about it. I'm like, how, how does this make any sense? I'm like, because it feels a little racist. Like, you're just going to like blame like random Chinese people. I'm like, I've never even heard of this. She's like, no. So after, um, and forgive me for not knowing like the actual terms, she knows the actual terms of like the, like uh, enslavement that happened essentially. So there was a period of enslavement that happened in Mexico where they enslaved Native the the native people. And they they had this the slave, slavery for, you know, X amount of time. And then when, when Mexico gained its independence, I believe, I don't know exactly the timeline, but at some point that was ended and they were no longer allowed to enslave the native people. And so without the workforce that the Spaniards had or the you know the, the colonizers had, they brought in chinese people to come in and work at okay. obviously like cheap or slave labor so that's why they were there and that's how they got there but anyway it was just interesting of like how in every story even though like we i've heard the story and it doesn't really make sense because they don't have any historical context mm-hmm. there is true historical context behind it like once you right actually learn take a right and that's learn. the cool part about learning the history of things
1: i think that's why we've always enjoyed including the history of any of the yeah. spiritual topics we talk about because the, the history is actually sometimes even cooler than you know the actual you know myth mythology pro- yeah. process whatever it is
0: yeah yeah so i have kind of a list of i of ideas of things that i've I've noticed that people do. Then these are methods to decolonize yourself, your life, your beliefs, all of this. So this just kind of encompasses a lot of things. So we just kind of talk through them. Okay, cool. So one of the first things is land acknowledgement. Yep, that's oh, popular here. Yeah, it is. Um, and I mean, why why do we do it? So so there's a website you can go on. It's native dash dash land dot ca. And you can type in, like, you can actually just scroll into whatever region of the world you live in, and it'll tell you what tribes occupied the land in which you now live. And what's, like, what's the point of doing this? Well, one, it's acknowledging that this land was tended for and cared for by Native people at some point, and to know that they're not forgotten, and that we're not giving credit to maybe the wrong person so like recently i've heard um on tiktok i follow a lot of like historical accounts and like that you know they'll do like little historical snippets of stuff um there are so many towns named after horrible fucking white people Mm -hmm, horrible fucking white men (laughs) Yep. and so land acknowledgement flips that on its head so instead of acknowledging like oh you live in fremont california named after this fucking asshole that essentially performed genocide on native people where you know i live on you know fremont which was formally called you know when whatever the the native land some because some areas will will actually have like a, a native name to it mm-hmm. um and and if you don't find that you can just name the tribe that or the tribes that that occupy that land so that's that's one way to start Um, another and this one's big is decolonizing your food and your medicine so although i i won't say that like you can cure everything with plants i because i think that there's always a place for some modern medicine right where when it's required but i think that there are a lot of things a lot of especially like the smaller ailments like your your cough your sore throat your you know that you can take care of at home through natural remedies and learning like that we have plants that grow locally that are great allies that we can use you know for cough so like there's a plant that we have i have a shit ton of at home it's called lantana and it grows this really beautiful little flower but my I I knew it because my mom growing up she would make a tea when you have a cough. Like that's mm-hmm. what it's it's got like a menthol property to it. So it's it's really great for coughs and colds. So things like that and then also decolonizing your foods. There's some amazing recipe books out there to get started on that. There's one actually called it's like decolonizing your plate, I believe. Um and it has Amazing recipes that are actually vegan. And the author explains like, you know, where what inspired her to write this and and where a lot of these recipes come from. A lot of the recipes come from like her grandmother um, who cooked a certain way because it was what they could afford. Um, but also it was because what they could gather locally. And when you do that, whether you're growing your own food or you're gathering it locally, you're decreasing the carbon footprint of your food. And so you're helping, you know, the, the environment, your, the world as a whole.
1: Right. Beautiful.
0: I love that. I've made some really great recipes, too, because a lot of it is like is pretty simple. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like there's, there's a recipe in there for uh, a mushroom pozole hmm. Corn, like a lot of stuff with corn. Have you ever had um, atoll? Um, OK, so tell me what's in it. But the name sounds
1: familiar. And I think I tried it one time.
0: Yeah, it's usually co- like a corn based drink. And it's like a it would be like a cocoa kind of like consistency uh i'm gonna say no then no no okay
1: no yeah
0: so like uh, champurrado is very i don't know if you ever had that it's similar it's but it's but yeah so there's a recipe in there for a corn-based one because a lot of those the atoles are usually like now like Mm milk-based but like we're not really set up like if you have a lot of I've noticed notices if you have like a, a lot of indigenous blood in your system like if if your body like like mine is like my my parents right we weren't built for drinking milk like we don't have generations of ancestry who drank milk so our bodies don't really handle milk that well
1: You know, it's funny because I have never liked milk. Even when I was a kid, like, and I would eat, I would only have it in my cereal. That was it. And Mm -hmm. to this day, that's the only way that I'll really use milk or in recipes, right? Which I prefer half and half actually, because typically the recipe that calls for um, any sort of dairy, you're going to need a heavier cream or whatever, right? Yes. I think milk is fucking disgusting. <laughs> it's, it comes straight from the belly and the teat of a fucking cow. I'm not, <laughs> what? I'm not putting that. No,
0: that's disgusting. I know. I think milk It's gross. food meant for a baby cow. It's you food are meant for a baby, baby cow. cow. Yeah.
1: All right. No, I'm mad now for no reason. <laughs>
0: <laughs> See I I haven't had milk in so long. It makes me so sick. Um it's just gross. like I cannot handle it at all. Um but I thought I was gonna have a hard time, but giving up cheese, and it actually hasn't been as hard as I thought it was gonna be. Uh, okay, well, che- we're not talking about cheese. <laughs> I'm not talking about cheese. <laughs> it's Don't just milk. spoiled
1: milk. Take I mean, if you my really want to, dead hands. I love cheese. I love cheese. I love bougie cheese. That's really what mm, it is. So yeah. you know anything pungent and you know um real fermented hard and um yes just sharp but also just delicious yeah i'm i'm a cheese person um you know i don't typically buy you know like cheddar cheese or just to have in my Uh cheese no it's it's got to be bougie or whatever but
0: yeah uh yeah i think the only thing i eat now is goat cheese that's about it that's the only thing uh yeah so decolonizing your food (laughs) can 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 equate to removing milk from because if it wasn't part of what your ancestors ate and I'm not trying to be all like keto or whatever what's that shit paleo that people are like eat like your ancestors it's like okay calm down like (laughs) this is this is now (laughs) listen we're not cavemen Mm -hmm. I get it I know what you're coming from but also we have grocery stores now so like that's right that's right so mind your business mind yeah mind your business so but on that same token another thing you can add to your decolonizing list is trading when possible disrupting capitalism and that can involve your food right Mm -hmm. like um and i don't know how people are doing it now um but i know pre-covid we used to have food trades basically people would meet up at the park and everyone would bring a bundle right of whatever they were growing at home or like different bagfuls of like whatever they had grown at home and then you would trade so like like me right in my five loquat trees i could just bring a bunch of loquats and then i'll give you a bag of loquats and you give me a bag of tomatoes or whatever and then you know and you walk away with like a box full of different things i love that i love i love what it
1: stands for i love what it impacts. anything yeah. to flip the middle finger to capitalism is um I'm down for that right now. Yeah. I love trades. I trade as much as possible um I will trade Akashic services for pretty much anything.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, and that's and it's a wonderful way to disrupt <laughs> capitalism because we stop, you know, we stop depending so highly on money and and so, and that's just one of the many ways that you can, that you can do that. But that's just, I think a simple way. Trading services is also that is a simple way, simple enough, but mm-hmm. you do what fits best for you. And it's fun. I think it's fun. Yeah. And then what I've already talked about, like owning your faith and owning your spiritual practices, leaving organized church, if that's what feels right for you. But if you're looking for community, mm-hmm. it's that reminder that, like, you have the power to build your own community. Like, it just, and, and a community doesn't have to look like 20, 50 people. Community mm-hmm. can be small. It can mm-hmm. be a small circle of group, a group of friends that meet because you've got, you know, something in common. Or, you you know, whether that's a book club or, I don't care, a cheese club, whatever, mm-hmm. like, it doesn't matter. It's it's whatever brings you together and builds your community, and that's truly the idea of what church is supposed to be in the first place. It's yeah. not supposed to be this like no. house that like of worship that you go and you give ten percent of all your money to. <laughs> every week and you know what
1: is it called um when people after church then they typically go downstairs and they have a potluck and there's a process or there's a name for it. It's called it's not communion, it's not community, it's fellowship. That's what it is. Oh um so that really is what um and and I don't know we should do some sort of, of um podcast, a future podcast about the history of church. What how did it start? What is what it, what are all the different things mean? But um yeah. fellowship for me is the whole point, And that is feeling inclusive, feeling like you're valued, you're a part of something, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that's the true meaning in my term or, or my view of, um, I guess, organized religion. It was, it's feeling included, not, you know, if yeah. you don't do this, you're going to brimstone and hell and fire and, yeah. and you have to do this or else. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. I like that.
0: Another form of decolonizing has been the utilization of sacred plant medicines, even those that are, you know, classified by our government as not, you know, not legal or whatever. But mushrooms, ayahuasca, they're supposed to be aids. Like they're not they're not a crutch, like they're not something that you take every day for the rest of your life because it's a fucking band-aid like it doesn't work that way these are our aids to help you to do the work to look within yourself rather than to seek that out in another person and really acknowledge like what you know what am I burdened with what what do I need to let go of what do I need to understand or look at from a different perspective all of that so that's another beautiful thing of of how to incorporate Incorporating using plant medicines and even something like that is now legal in a lot of states like cannabis and the things that a cannabis plant can teach you and can show you um, whether that's tapping into the frequency of joy or releasing from from stress, um, allowing for a deeper connection to, to spirit, whatever, however it is that you want to utilize that. But there are so many beautiful ways to use our plant medicines. And then this was another thing for me, like again, on the same road of decolonizing, understanding the history behind cannabis and how it was made illegal specifically to target brown people brown and black people because we were the people that were primarily using it so it was a very easy avenue to put us in fucking jail like and so knowing that learning that and then being like well fuck you like i'm gonna use it now because my maybe my ancestors or my family wasn't allowed to legally use it but now i have that freedom and like so honoring my ancestors through that way of like i can do this Yeah, man, that's, that's
1: rebellion at its finest. That's, um, (laughs) you know, um, a really good example of outrageous, um, what's it called? Righteous indignation or righteous rage or whatever, you know? Um, I want to touch back about, um, how you talked about, um, sacred plants, plant medicine. They're not, they're AIDS. They're not crutches. Mm -hmm. And I love that because one of the sections of my workshop on the 21st um, working and opening in your Akashic or opening and working in your Akashic record. I talk about your connection method, right? What do people, what do they use to connect to the Akashic records?
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, they'll use prayer and intention. Some people use um, visualization. It's different for different people, but I also tell people specifically that I recommend the using Microdoses of plant medicines such as cannabis cacao uh, psilocybin all those things because um what they do to your consciousness they open you the fuck up yeah and again this is not i'm not saying get blue out and then meditate because if you know (laughs) which i'm i've been very vocal about my use of of cannabis in my spiritual practices on this podcast if you're too high, you you're not doing shit, but falling no. asleep or going off on tan. You're nothing is getting accomplished. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so you can't focusing on breathing. It. Right. Right. I'm just trying to exist. I don't have time for this. Um so yeah, you're not focused when again, these um plant medicines are beautiful beautiful aids that can help you tap into those deeper levels of your consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're gifts from our planet, our plant allies. Yeah. These are gifts. And the fact that, you know, they were colonized and and thought yes. of as what do they call it? Like the demon weed or the devil uh-huh. weed or the devil's yeah. lettuce, you know, yeah.
0: funny, but yeah. The fact that they use the word marijuana because that's it in Spanish. And because now it gives you the association with, Mexican people. That was what they were trying to achieve by make popularizing the word marijuana.
1: Yep. And you know who didn't help? Cheech and Chong. They did not help <laughs> things
0: at all. They were very unhelpful
1: in in in, in pushing against that stereotype. Um, funny,
0: <laughs> but, but very unhelpful. But but, but perpetuating stereotypes. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Another thing, and this is something that I feel like we need to talk about more is about removing teachers healers (laughs) that from pedestals Mm. like don't idolize these people Mm -mm. oh i did a blog post about that yeah at the end of the day like your teachers are just meant to guide you and sometimes they don't guide you for that long like they're just there for a small stretch of the road yep and they are human too like they're going through their own shit they're on their own healing journey they're not perfect and they're gonna they're gonna mess up if you mm-hmm. put too much like value into one person or or you you know put how do you say that like placing looking for your validation outside of yourself yeah yeah if you do in that someone too else. much yeah if you do that too much you're gonna be disappointed like ultimately is what's going to happen. Um, so yes, like respect them, you know, because, because you would respect anyone else just in that same way. Uh, but don't place them on a higher pedestal. They're not above you. They're not your boss or not your overlord, whatever, because yeah, you will get disappointed. So just avoid that and uh, just acknowledge them for the lessons that they've taught you for the wisdom that they've, brought you and thank them respect them but leave it at that
1: yeah so two things so um i did a blog post on this and i came across it the other day and i was reading it i was like ah and basically the whole idea was that it's time to discard this idea of like this eternally positive you know wise you know godlike spiritual work or stereotype and replace it with the truth that we are all these beings that are just spending time here on earth not only mm-hmm. to you know help lift and love each other but also ourselves and who are you to place judgments on me when i'm yes i'm here to help you but i'm also doing my own thing and so fuck give me the space yeah um, so the other thing that i wanted to question ask you about though is that So how does not placing people on the pedestal help with decolonization?
0: Because it's the same idea when you do place someone on a pedestal, you're returning back to this idea that we've kind of been indoctrinated through or organized religion of like, you can only talk to God through a pastor or a priest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? Oh, yes. Yeah. So you're just returning back into that same because um, and and not, you know, not to fault anyone if you have, mm-hmm. because it's kind of we've been indoctrinated for a long time to kind of seek spirituality through a person, through one person. Uh, but yeah, letting that go. Like we don't have to do that. That's not fucking true. We can talk to God ourselves. Dude, I was just writing about that this morning, filling out the content for this class. And it's
1: like the Akashic Records, the ancient Akashic Records, it was thought that you had to be this, you know, incredibly spiritual, you know, chosen by God individual. Like mm-hmm. not many people. There were like maybe five people in the entire world that you know knew how to do this. And now that we've entered into the age of Aquarius... And with my particular focus on just modernizing spirituality, just making yeah. it contemporary and accessible, fucking understandable, right? That The Akashic Records, they're not some crazy, you know, amazing space that no, that it takes years mm-hmm. and years and years to master. They're within your own DNA. Like, yeah. that's how you access these records, you know? Yes. They're not in, you know, this dimension that you have to, you know travel spiritually to to no dude. they're inside your own dna so mm-hmm. it's it's so cool how um you know decolonization everything really right now is going through a decolonization yeah. everything's up for
0: grabs isn't it yes yes yeah I it, love it is this. it is and so that brings me kind of to my final point of true like the ultimate decolonization i think is like harnessing the wisdom of your culture of your own culture your ancestors reconnecting to your ancestry doing the shit that your ancestors were not allowed to do right (laughs) yes (laughs) savage rebellion let's do it yeah everybody whether it's like herbal magic brujeria candle magic whatever like even if it was just meditation who cares like engaging with cannabis do all the things that you are free to do now because your ancestors couldn't but because your ancestors lived and survived and whatever struggles they had to go through that's why you're here today yeah and that's probably the most beautiful way you can honor them is by doing the things that they weren't able to do because that's that's the whole purpose of you know all their efforts is so that you could So one time
1: I had a medium, um, connect to my grandma, my grandma, Dolores, um, and Dolores was born, um, in Mexico. Um, and then she moved to Texas Uh and then, um, she, um, met her, her husband and, um, you know, then all all that, um, yeah, uh, she comes through quite a bit, but this one medium told me that she wasn't able to um, express her gifts, her intuitive abilities, very, very psychic, very, very, you know, um, intuitive. And she wasn't able to um, express that, you know, for all of the fear of her time. Right. I mean, you know, this was way back in, you know, like the twenties and stuff. And um, she said that she's when, when I am a medium, when I'm in my mediumship that she steps in, so that she can do yes. that through me. Yeah. And she supports it. She Amazing. adds to the energy. She's like, I couldn't do this, you know? Um, so let's do this together. So, wow. Yeah.
0: It's, That's powerful.
1: Yeah. And I really feel a huge um, honor when I get to access that, that, that energy, because I know that she's with me and it's like, oh, I get to connect with my grandma too.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's really
1: cool. Those were really great topics and um, points. To great conversation, um, Fee. Thank you for bringing those to the table. Yeah, thank you. I, I love this shit. This I know, easy. right? We live for it. <laughs> yeah. Anything that we get to rebel, any capital part of the capital uh, that we get to tear down, like we're Katniss fucking Everdeen, <laughs> we're gonna do it. Tear down the machine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, well, friends, what that means then. Oh, is that it's time to say goodbye? Okay. But um, if you want more of this, um, let us know. Send us emails and say, you know what I really loved about this? Could you talk about that? Blah, blah, blah. Um, But what really helps us if you enjoyed today's episode is please share on your stories, um, subscribe, leave us a review, like share, get the word out, tell your friends, like help us grow. Um, This helps our podcast grow, but also it helps us bring you these episodes on a weekly basis and not having to bring in sponsorship and stuff like that, which, you know. We'd like the dough from a sponsorship, but we don't want to always have to say the commercials. I don't feel
0: Fior- doesn't care, but <laughs> so. You know. Well, thank you all for hanging out with us today. Stay mystical, magical, and don't let anyone tell you what to do, especially the church. Yes. <laughs> decolonize, decolonize. <laughs> Bye. Bye.